We have breaking news that we're going to get right to now with our agent Warjanowski. And it starts with a man who's been in Oklahoma City for the past, what, five years? Woj, what can you tell us? Uh, Sage, uh, I'm told Billy Donovan has agreed to a deal to become the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, our tourist Karnishevist, the new uh, executive VP in Chicago, was real aggressive in pursuing Donovan uh, once he walked away from the Oklahoma City Thunder job, they had already interviewed a number of candidates, uh, but two former Big East guys, a Providence guy, a Seton Hall guy now, uh, leading the fortunes for the Chicago Bulls. And I'm told that Donovan really connected with Karnishevis. Uh They met, they talked, that young roster in Chicago that has a, a lot of potential and talent, and then the chance to try once again to be a big player in free agency in Chicago now you've got your team in the front office with Karnishevis, and now Billy Donovan, who was the co-NBA Coaches Association Coach of the Year this past season in Oklahoma City. He's agreed, I'm told, to a multi-year deal, and he'll replace Jim Boylan as the Bulls head coach. That Davis show, we're back. Uh, let's finish our discussion. Let's jump back into the discussion when it comes to the Bulls and the hiring of Billy Donovan as the new head coach. You had just said that, uh, one thing that you said, Ryan, was the fact that we believe that Billy Donovan wasn't looking for a rebuild and that the Bulls do have talent. It also goes to show what Sam Presti must really be planning on, the, planning on doing with really ripping that team down, down. Because thinking about him and when you're talking about um, Kevin Durant, uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook, and also James Harden, he wants premium asset. That's what he likes. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants to get in, into that the top part of the lottery, at least I would say the top eight in the lottery. Uh, and then let his scouting the type of stuff that he he, he feels like he does well uh, to try to pick out that talent, probably rebuild that team. We know they have Shea Gillis Alexander uh, is probably really the only young asset that they probably look at is keeping and growing. Even though defensively, there's uh, he there's that he leaves uh, he leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, sometimes I like it. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been a Billy Donovan fan. I loved him in Florida with Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford and Corey Brewer. Um, all with benefit. Remember, he was supposed to go to the Magic, uh, then decided to stay in Florida, and that's when that's how Stan Van Gundy ended up getting that job after being let go by the Miami Heat. Uh, when Pat Riley came back down out of the, the executive office to coach that team to a championship, the Shaquille O'Neal didn't care for Stan Van Gundy's coaching. Uh, then uh, uh, Billy Donovan, six seasons ago, I believe now, decided to finally go to OKC uh, with Kevin and uh, Kevin Durant's walk year, or I think it was Kevin Durant's walk year. Maybe he had two seasons. I think it was Kevin Durant's walk year. Uh, but with just a Russell, Russell Westbrook, they didn't get out of the first round in the playoffs. Um, but still, for a team like the Bulls, because think about it, this isn't cheap. This isn't uh, Jim Boylan money, where it's like you're getting paid high assistant money uh, for to be a head coach. This has to be around $5 million a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, so already spending money on the front office. Now you're spending money on a, a, a known commodity as a coach. Um, uh, it's, it, it looks good. I mean, I, I, I would like to see uh, – he must like Zach Levine. Uh, he must like some Laurie Markman and some Kobe White and some Wendell Carter. Um, like you said, he had to see something there. And what they told him, I really want to know, and they, the Bulls of uh, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, who, who broke it, it was a Woj bomb. Um, I want to know what the Bulls said to him. He said the Bulls were aggressive is what Woj said as soon as he announced that he was leaving OKC. Uh, I, I, I wish I could be a flower on, on, in, on the wall in that room to hear what they said they planned on doing and who they planned on centering around talent-wise here 
And uh, also as far as trying to go out and get some people to come here, uh, how, how they talked about they were going to do that moving forward. Um, but yeah, uh, to get somebody, I wonder who's going to be on the staff. Um, I wonder what Arturis Karnasovas bring in, uh, what's Unsell Jr., would he want to leave Denver in that situation? Because I believe he's the head assistant in Denver. Would he leave a place like that? Or who? what other uh, assistant coaches will they be attached to Arturis or Mark Easily? Or will it be Billy Donovan has control over all of that? He can bring in all of his guys. But what were your thoughts further when you heard the news break that Billy Donovan was going to video the Chicago Bulls new head coach right? Uh, one thing that really jumped to me was, and you pointed this out earlier, how we got a head coach with some head coaching experience. That's uh, that's pretty rare kind of in Chicago teams in general, mm-hmm. let alone the Chicago Bulls. Like you said, uh, Scott Skiles is really – like Tim Floyd was a college coach. Doesn't really count, though, when you talk about NBA. Um, I really like that aspect of it, and I, I'm, I just immediately had flashes to his first, like, post-game conference, his pre-game stuff, you know, any type – of time hearing Billy Donovan speak, that's going to be really interesting because we already are going to hold him at a high standard coming in, him being already a head coach with experience. And then I wonder how much he's going to be in on the scouting. It seems like Arturis really wants to build a trust, a brain trust with a lot of uh, opinions and thoughts. And you would think Billy Donovan with the success he had in college. And even though I didn't love him as an NBA head coach i feel like he's getting better and better each year it's not something where he's really just kind of been relying on his stars like uh who was the last guy right before billy that went to uh washington uh i'll look it up here but that coach was definitely reliant on russell westbrook and kevin durant and oh you're talking Arden. about scott brooks yes yeah oh scott man brooks. don't you don't you get me started on scott brooks <laughs> point guard <laughs> And just ne- like he ha- didn't figure it out in OKC, still even though John Wall's been hurt, didn't figure it out in Washington. Oh yeah, I thought you meant uh, a, I thought you meant a head coach from college that went to uh, Washington. Uh, no, the Wizards. That's why I, I, I blanked out. Yeah, Scott. You know, I always had some Scott Brooks. Not to dislike as a person, but dislike as a coach. I didn't just. I don't feel like, especially being a former NBA player, that he, he gets enough out of his guys. Um, yeah, listen. I, I, everything you said, you've seen growth. It seems to have been growth in Billy Donovan's coaching expertise as he's been in the league longer, which you expect because there's, that's a learning curve right there. The Being a college coach, a championship, two-time NCAA champion um, at Florida, and that's your domain, right? They, they do what you tell them to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near where in the NBA it's a player's league. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, you're, you're at, to a certain degree – you got to go with the flow with the players. You, yes, you want to instill that I'm, I'm the head man in charge, but it's only to some degree because it's easier to get rid of you than to get rid of these players. And I mean, I think the type of players they had were all with superstars, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right away, lottery picks. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, doubt, no doubt about it. So um, it, 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 I, I think he's definitely made progress. Um, I look forward to see uh, – I look forward to really seeing his X's and O's closely nightly here in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? I, I really do. I look forward mm-hmm. to how, how he helps with the development of some of these young players. And again, the good thing is, you, I, I, listen, assistant coaches, um, they, they, they've been in uh, winning uh, programs 
but this is the guy that's been at the head of a program. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a guy learning how to be the how to move one seat over to the head coaching spot. And yes, he he he's helped either offensively or defensively or helping with the development of players. No, this is the guy that's been the CEO of all of that. Uh, so I, I look forward to it. Also, I'll say this too. Um, and again, I, maybe I'm going too far with this. Looking at a stable organization like OKC with Sam Presti, you would think he wouldn't want to go to something that seems unstable. So I wonder what he sees in Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Easerly um, to decide that those guys are stable and that he's not entering into a burning house. Um, so it, I think it also helps to validate those two guys that they could pull this coach with a franchise that that's not doing well. Like, they were, I mean, the only thing that's good about the Bulls is that they're in Chicago. Like, I'm sure when they talk about Billy Donovan, yeah, it's cold, but this Chicago, bro. You've been eating – all you can get in Oklahoma is a good steak probably because – yeah, barbecue, barbecue, the cow, barbecue. Yeah, the, the cows are, are right, right, coming right across that bad boy. So you can cut it off of them right as they're going through the prairie or whatever. Um, and guess what? You can get as good of a steak here as you could in Oklahoma City. Better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe a little fresher there. But uh, you're, coming to a, you're coming to a big city market. I mean, think about it. He's been down there in Florida in a small town in Gainesville. He's been in Oklahoma City. Uh, now you're coming to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think about some of the other teams that he probably had the opportunity to uh, to go to, like for instance, like Philadelphia. But you don't like you don't even know what's gonna happen to Elton Brand in Philadelphia. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like you don't want to sit there and go there and then there's a he, Elton Brand gets replaced and they bring in another GM and then it's a ticking time bomb until he decides to replace you with his guy. You know what I'm saying? Where here the slate is clean and I'm sure they I'm sure he has a four or five year deal. <laughs> yeah, and Ken, how about uh, New Orleans? That would seem like a great place for Billy Donovan to go. I mean, you got a ton of young talent. They're clearly ready to take another jump. So he must have seen the Bulls where they're at. I, I think the market helps. I think the Eastern Conference helped, and that's mm-hmm. another thing that I'm really curio- curious with Billy. He he developed a pretty good basketball team out of nothing. Like, no one expected OKC to do anything this year. And to me, if you can make that kind of group of – they had basically a lot of athletic guys in Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had Steven Adams, but what's Steven Adams? Is he a guy that's given you really a, a, a big path to the playoffs? I don't think so. So right. he was able to utilize what he had, make it work. They were very solid offensively, pretty solid defensively. And I'm sure a big part of that is Chris Paul, and he's not coming, unfortunately, with uh, <laughs> Billy Donovan. He but may be close. He time, may be right down the street maybe, walking. Maybe. But uh, at least Billy, with the talent that they have, and then you assume that this fourth pick is going to just be a Billy Donovan guy kind of right away, this could be a, an interesting mesh, and they might, they might be able to do something at least like a la Indiana, where they're you know, kind of a good team but not a great team. You have uh, said something that now is going to bother me. I've never been in a situation where our coach has such a kitty name. And we're going to like, we're not going to be like, we're like, Billy? Man, what is Billy doing? Billy? 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 Like, Billy? Man, Billy, you out here bugging. Like, uh, just, just Are you going to shoot him on William when he's wrong? <laughs> William. <laughs> So, Get over here, William. Like, we're not going to call him uh, Donovan. It's going to be Billy. So it's going to be just – it's going to be weird having a, a coach with a name uh, like that. Uh, but, yeah, I look forward to it. And, and one thing that you did mention, 
uh, getting them in early with the NBA uh, draft being moved back a month because it was supposed to be the next month, but now it's in November. Uh, so giving him, giving him time to really get used to what these what, what's going on because when does they haven't have they started the uh, the the um, the uh, uh, voluntary workouts? Did they start like a week or so ago? I am not sure on that. Um, if anything, I'm sure it's just players working out because without a coach, I, I don't think that they do anything like team assigned right now. I'm not sure on that, though. Okay. But I, I, I do think I was reading something about it, and they may have started. If not, uh, we know that the teams that didn't make the playoffs because they, they wouldn't have played from March all the way. We found out from Adam Silver in an interview today that um, I think it was a Good Morning America that he doesn't think the league, the NBA's next season is going to start till January. So you would have teams like the Bulls who almost for a whole year from, from last March to January haven't played or practiced with one another. So um, it'd be good to get the new head coach to, one, see the players and the talent they already have on the roster and also helps him to evaluate what perhaps they want to get out of the draft, even though Arturis Karnasovas has said they're basically drafting best available and they're not drafting on need, which I, I like. I like to hear that. Um, I, 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 I don't mind uh, duplicates um, in a situation where your team building and you need assets. You need the best assets more than something that fits because this isn't going to be the finished product. At least that was our thoughts. But I mean, is Billy Donovan like the biggest Zach Levine fan that we don't know is like undercover or whatever? Like he's been craving for Zach Levine. Like, man, when I get my hands on that light skinnedness. Um, well, I'm sure he likes the idea of how, you know, Zach Levine's, what, 6'4", good athlete, can handle the ball, can shoot. Like, I feel like that's where our tourist wants to go is almost get a collection of Zachs. Just have, like, we can I play don't want small a collection ball. Of Zachs. But, you know, the guys that have different types of skills yeah. besides just one thing. And they have enough size where – because, like, with Kobe, you're going to have to deal with his, like, inability to jump at some points if he gets played down low. And then if – I don't know. You got Wendell as basically a guy that's constantly injured. Can you trust on him being there? Laurie, you'd probably want him as a stretch five, if anything, I would think. Really? I mean, you don't want him as a four in a – in a regular big lineup, would you? He's going to get hurt playing five. You know, Wendell is the five and Laurie's the four. Uh, Wendell is the dirty word guy. Wendell's already injured in my scenario, though. Oh, true, true, true. Well, we're going to – oh, first of all, don't forget we got red. All right? Yeah, put some don't forget, boy. My office, that's Stephen Adams. That is Stephen Adams. My office right hours are – don't forget red from the – Yeah, that's true. last year. All right, and Gats, that's true. So don't yeah. So we we good. We 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 good around it. We got we good. All right, like you don't have to put a little Lord. What do you think uh, the Bulls need right now? Uh, you know what? I uh, I can only go off the players. Um, I will say Edwards from Georgia. You know, I will hope uh, he can. Yeah, he would be great. I will hope that he can. I, I know that he doesn't know how to pick his points. His point. He doesn't know how to pick his spots as far as when he needs to go go off or whatever. And at times he may have been a little lackadaisical. But, uh, I mean, I want athleticism and talent. So then after that, and I know some people won't. Like, it's funny we talk to different people. Wiseman is in the top three. Some people have him. He falls to number seven. But uh, you talked about bigs. I wouldn't mind a rim-to-rim shot protector lob, lob machine 
um, down there, especially when you got uh, Kobe and Zach Levine. Like you got you got guys to where you need you need one protection at the rim, but also you need a guy that can score the ball easy, get easy twos. So the two guys that I think I like are Edwards and Wiseman. Um, listen, I would love to go with um, uh, the ball kid, right, uh, Lamella. I would love, but I don't know what that's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. I just don't. Like, that's a that's – a, I'm hoping he's off the board before you even have yeah, to. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I don't – because that I mean, dog, if he falls to four, they damn near have to take him. I know. And it's just like, uh, that's – I know. I, I just don't know. I mean, the, he's a turnover machine. Uh, the kid definitely has a, 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 a high basketball IQ and an innate ability to pass the rock. Um, but still, I mean, his shot is questionable. Uh, he's not necessarily just yakking on fools or whatever, but, I mean, he's 6'7". Uh, he can see over all the other guards. But, like, I just don't know if I want – if I would take that risk. Now, I'll tell you this. Now, I could be wrong. But if Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley take him, then I'll be interested because they see something I don't. And they see the long potential. So – and then, if they're wrong, I will bring the heat to their asses, and I will never trust them again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are you about to say? One and done? No, hell no. These these guys got to be here for these four years. Easy. I mean, you got to think about how. No, I mean your trust. Oh yeah, you know. yeah. If you blow, if you really blow, because we're looking at what what you did in other organizations, and the question that we don't know is how much of that was you. Now, it seems like Arturis Karnasovas has been getting a lot of props for Djokovic, uh, the center for Denver, uh, the, picking him up in the second round. Seems like he may have been the head identifier on, on, uh, on Joker, right? So, yeah, if, you're, if you've got that up in you, I need to see that hit. Now, if you, you see that, yeah. like, yeah, I see, I see LaMelo Ball, and I, I know what this could be. Initially, I'm going to trust you. Now, if he never comes to – if he never reaches that level and, you, and he's putting in the work, let me say that. He's putting in the work, but he never attains the, the level that you uh, – the, the, the ceiling that you believe he was going to reach. Yeah, I'm going to look at the front office. And, again, I, I'm, I'm, there'll be less trust. And then I'll, I'll, the next the draft after that, it'll be the same thing. Um, but the, the good thing about when we brought these – when the Bulls brought uh, the new front office in was player drafting and development, you know, because this is a market where there's very few free, free agents that – big-time free agents, let me say that. Big-time free agents in their product. That have chosen to come play here, uh, so you have to do it. You mentioned it, like Indiana uh, and those those other mid market teams that kind of where Billy Donovan was. That um, you got to do it through trades and through, and through the drafts. So uh, they better hit. I mean, they, this is a, you you lucked into number four. It's something special about y'all because we've been trapped at number seven. All right. Yeah. Right. Since the trade of, of uh, Jimmy Butler, and Mark- I think all time, I think it was a rule: the Bears get number seven. Period. The Bulls, Bulls. That was CBA. Right. Right. You're like, yeah, yeah, seven. Don't even worry about it. So, I mean, clearly there's something to it. At least I would like to believe that, um, even though it was just by chance. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. It's not bad. I, I, like, I can get some people's reservations because of the, like, it's not that Billy Donovan has been a world beater in the NBA. So if someone has is, is somewhat reserved and is like, well, let, let me wait and see, I can understand that. But being in, like you said, being here in Chicago where that's getting someone who's done the job before it is an anomaly. And that's in all the sports outside of Joe Madden and uh, Coach Q. 
You know what I'm saying? Usually here on all our sports, it's somebody that's learning on the job and a first-time guy, which also usually says he's not getting paid a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Or paid by the rate that the, the best at his, his profession are. Unless you're Fred Hoiberg. Right. So but think about how hot he was as far as how many people wanted him, but you're right. Unless you're Fred Hoiberg. So as far as them bucking the trend and doing something different in the city, but also for that organization and getting perhaps the hottest coach that's left out on the market. Someone could argue perhaps Mike D'Antoni um, uh, may be um, the, the, the hottest coach on the market right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. And I'm interested in seeing what, what happens moving forward. Any uh, downside to it at all that you can think of? Um, they may not gel. These people haven't worked together before. You know, they, they may, they may think right now they can get on the same page. They may never really get on the same page. There may be some factors that uh, cause trust issues. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't, you don't know, you don't know how I'm, I'm sure they've done their due diligence. I'm sure they've talked to, I'm sure Billy Donovan has done his due diligence on, uh, the, our GM and our, uh, vice president of basketball operations. And I'm sure they did the same with with Sam Presti and uh, players to find out how they how they feel about Billy Donovan. But if they, they, they may they, this it's, this may not be a match made in heaven, and they may never see eye to eye, and they may never be able to bring the Bulls to prominence because the coach in the front office don't necessarily uh, get along like we've seen in the past. Here now, hopefully, it's not the same dysfunction as with Barpax and the coaching situations because it seemed like they always got tired of the coach, especially if the coach was doing well and he's getting all the props. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, that can be an issue, but I, I, we don't know yet. You know, like I, I want to have on rose colored glasses when it comes to the bull situations, but we, these people, none of these people have been in this position before from Arturi Karnasovas and Mark Eversley, uh, as far as being GM and head of basketball operations before. So they're learning on the job to a certain degree, but that's the, the, the but that goes along with this while they're learning on the job, they decided not to get someone else's learning on the job to be a head coach. So you don't have three people that are trying to adjust to something. It's two with a seasoned coach that can perhaps help them in, uh, with their adjustment. Also can kind of bring in and tell them some of the things that OKC's practices uh, for, for such a prominent organization with such a, a great a basketball man as Sam Preston. Yeah, for real. Anything you can learn from them that would be cool? Yeah, it's, this, is, uh, this feels like a home run from the Bulls right now. It's nice to feel the change, uh, the change of the wind, mm-hmm. the change of guard from this organization from being so stale for God so, knows how long. For so long, man. For so, so very long. So switching off, uh, the Bears won. They're 2-0. Whoop-dee-doo. It doesn't feel 2-0. And I looked at the ESPN's power rankings and they're like number 17, so ESPN is keeping it a buck. Like, there are one-in-one teams that are rated higher than the Bears. Well, Saints, you got to put you got to put them ahead of the Bears. Yeah, their quarterback is done. Yes, we've been saying this about the Bears for two years. We've been saying this about Drew Brees, and it's like, dude, y'all, listen. I understand you like him and all, but man, boy, boy. (laughs) and then you think you have his replacement in this poor man, Steve Young. Oh, uh, this is going to work out as your quarterback. You damn near should have kept Teddy Bridgewater, right? Because at least we saw what Sean Payton could do with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, man, I feel sorry. And I'm sure they'll get better when Michael Thomas uh, finally comes off injury with that high ankle spray. Uh, he went to go uh, to get a second opinion from 
uh, the Packers doctors, I'm sure, uh, which is funny because I think that the Saints play the Packers, and it's like, um, I don't know if I would go use your doctors the week when I got to come play you. Your doctor be like, oh, yeah, that ankle is messed up. You can't play, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, then back to the Bears. Uh, the first half looked good. Um, the defense initial first series was terrific because you got a forced fumble from your free, ag- free agent acquisition in Robert Quinn. Um, but then that kind of disappeared. Um, the pressure still isn't getting there from that front seven. Um, Danny Trevathan uh, was in there, I think, like the least amount of time since he had been in uh, the year before he came here in Denver. Uh, it looks like something's either – listen, you rather something be wrong with him than he hit the wall. And we had all these – listen, we could we could have kept two of those other guys for the money we signed him to. You know what I'm saying? If he's done – and I mean, let's say this. We all preferred to keep Danny Trevathan for the most part uh, because of how well he played while healthy last season. Um, and the intangibles. Yeah, and the intangibles. And it's, it doesn't still seem like you don't know if you can rest all of that on Roquan Smith's shoulders, um, even though he hasn't had any problems so far uh, this off this season. Um, but the defense still is questionable against uh, a team that lost Saquon Barkley in the first quarter. I mean, if you look at what Deion Lewis was doing to that team, Saquon Barkley would have probably broke two of those bad boys for long runs. I'm not saying he would have scored. But the, they would have beat the, – the, the Giants would have beat the Bears if Saquon Barkley didn't get hurt. Uh, believe that, all right? Like, b- believe that. They would have they, – Saquon Barkley would have done damage to the Bears because even with, with their best options out with Sterling Shepard going out um, in, the, in this first half, you still weren't pressuring Daniel Jones enough. And Daniel Jones isn't a world beater, but he's poised. You know what I'm saying? And you were supposed to be ra- – you were supposed to be rebel-rousing and rallying that kid up to where he just was, he was just throwing the ball like this behind him, just trying to get out of there, and you just didn't see them uh, attack him enough. You didn't see, and I, I know there's a fear, but Chuck Magano being a guy that usually brings pressure, this would have been time to bring the pressure. Like, hey, just stick Evan Ingram. Let's, let's bring some pressure. I mean, uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, had a had, had a whack second half, and I put it all on him. Uh, one of those interceptions definitely wasn't his. The one to Allen Robinson, he underthrew Allen Robinson. Yeah. You know, the guy, the, the DB fought and stole the ball from Allen Robinson. But when you see how high Allen Robinson is up and how low that ball is thrown, that ball should have been so – it should have been thrown to where only Allen Robinson – I mean, Allen Robinson can necessarily get it. And we, we went from the first half where it's like, damn, this Bears out here doing they jizzle, right? Like, okay, I see you, Bears. To a, we're in the fourth and it's like, oh, they, they, they may win this game. And it's just like – that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and it is because these are two teams that aren't good in the Lions, even though the Lions have a better quarterback uh, in the Lions and in the Giants. And the Giants were hurt or decimated by injuries to their skilled players, and you still didn't take advantage of that. And um, that that's just questionable. I think Mac Nagy called a good game. Uh, I, think, I think the best thing about the Bears this year has been Matt Nagy's play call. Sticking to the run not exposing Mitchell Trubisky, winning ugly, but still trying to score the ball down the field, but Mitch necessarily not making the proper reason. Anthony Miller with that horrific drop uh, that he had on the pass that Mitch basically dropped it in his hands like this uh, for what, 17 to 7 some yards. But that's just a few of my thoughts on this past game. What are yours? Uh, what's that expression? 
does the ceiling meet the floor something like that you mean that jordan one yeah he was at unc and he was like the ceiling is this, i forgot what it was, it was the ceiling is the floor, the floor. I like it, i think that's was, what it is he was on some of that tequila that uh he talked about if they don't sell it they can drink it he was uh, that, a little bit of that that's what i'm wondering with the bears that's why i kept thinking like what's their ceiling what's their floor right now because I guess you know if if you really wanted to you could probably if like this was debate class you could probably debate pro bears con bears mm-hmm. and you'd have a decent amount probably con bears to me would win I don't think you're if you had to say are you encouraged or discouraged in the 2-0 and start like how they've played you would say discouraged you're encouraged by the record obviously but the play on the field doesn't match the record either, and it's explainable because of how bad their opponents are. But how much better can they get? And, you know, I did the uh, post-game show with Kyle Means, and Eric Edholm was on there, and he was talking about what what I had kind of mentioned before, too, with he no preseason. Yeah. Okay. And there was no preseason. So maybe it's going to take like a month. For teams to really get going. I mean, what's the old thing with the the Patriots with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? They would just treat September like that extended preseason. Just don't go zero and four to start off your year. That's basically what they would hope for. Can the Bears get enough of uh, consistency? Because I think the talent is there for them to be competitive and maybe contend. Certainly on both sides of the ball. Maybe not a quarterback, and that could be a huge hindrance. But even saying that, Mitch has shown – I think he's he's at least 2018 level at this point. But is that really good enough to do much of anything, especially if the defense isn't super elite like they were in 2018? So looking ahead now to this Falcons game, I, I see it almost as like a crossroad. Like Mitch is going to have to put up points if they're going to win this game. And I don't see how the defense – comes away perfect in this game either they're not going to shut down the falcons i don't think they're going to score some points so can the offense do that because if you're not going to be able to just put together two good quarters of offense and expect to beat the falcons calvin ridley has four touchdowns two in each of the first two games right julio has like 180 yards I think they've scored 64 points in the first two games. They've given up 69. Okay, I thought it was 78. Um, You're not – listen, you're not stopping them. With this defense who hasn't played well, um, Jalen Johnson looks better. But, man, now he's on – this is some real receivers right here. Right, this isn't Sterling Shepard and who? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Quintus. This is the Detroit Lions with Galladay out. Right, um, you got you got a, a, a nice starting quarterback, um, two terrific receivers, the former tight end from uh, from the Ravens. You know, what I'm saying a, a, a guy that was had Hall of Fame trajectory trajectory rather um, as a running back before he hurt his knee, uh, and Ty Gurley, who who with this team, there's not eight in a box, so it's not like when he was with Jared uh, Jared Goff. And, you know, you, you can sit there and try to stack the box to stop him. He was the focus of the offense. He's not the focus of the offense. The passing game is the focus of the offense for the Falcons. And the Bears haven't even really been able to stop the run like, like they have in the past. Um, yeah, I, what's Todd Gurley going to do to him potentially? Exactly. I see this as a loss. I'll say it right now. 
um, I see this as a loss. If the, listen, if they pull this, well, well hold on. What? Okay. Let's just say the Bears are going to win. What do you think they would need to do to win? That defense will have to jump back to 2018. Oof. Because you're gonna, yeah, I just don't see that happening. You're going to have to score. They're going to have to score almost twice on defense. Definitely once. For them to win, they well, definitely – How much to, do you think the offense would have to score in a perfect world to beat the Falcons if the defense just maybe got turnovers but didn't score? Man. How much do you think? You said the defense got turnovers, right? They Let's have, just – we'll give them they one. They have to score 27. They have, they have to score 27. That's, I want to say 30. They have to score 27. I was going to say they're going to have to score over 30. So I'm yeah, I was going to say – but the only reason I said 27 is because you said they had turnovers. So that means that they stop drives. So it's, it's not a, a straight shootout. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That means yeah. they, 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 there was a number of times where they, they stopped the drive and took the ball from them and gave the Bears extra opportunities. So I can, I can lower the score slightly because the Bears have got, they've gotten – you make it seem like they got three or four turnovers. So if they get three or four turnovers, I think you can win by, by 27. But I'm, look, me, I think they got to score at least 31 points, and I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't. I know Dan Quinn – probably should be let go as the head coach and find, Ooh, yeah. find his way back to being a defensive coordinator, uh, remembering some of the success he had with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Um, it's time. I mean, like you're wasting away who, the last of Julio's uh, great years. Um, it's time. Like, you, you got to get a guy in there that can really accentuate all you, – you're paying premium money to your quarterback and your, your top receiver. You got to get a guy in there that can, can help facilitate more victories and get you uh, back to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, I would go look at a, a Shanahan um, prodigy. I'd be like, man, you left this cow. You got money that's, that's up under you can come over here and just help us out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bears have to score 30-something-odd points if they don't get the turnovers that you mentioned uh, to beat the Falcons. And I don't see it. Happening. I mean, the Bears' defense to me hasn't been great rushing the passer, stopping the run. They've been solid in coverage, but against – who, like you pointed out, I, I think they're going to get some stops against Atlanta. I, I would be, I guess not, I guess I shouldn't say surprised, but I'd be completely disheartened if they got their just butts whooped on defense where they couldn't stop a, a cold or anything, you know, like a nosebleed, whatever some of those sayings are. I think they'll get stops. My thing is just Mitch is really going to play four quarters like I think they'll run the ball and I think they'll have some success there but Atlanta is pretty good at stopping the run where they struggle stopping the pass and that's just that means Mitch has got to put up points you got to get like you said into the high 20s low 30s at the minimum I think to win this football game and that's where I struggle with yeah do I really think the Bears can do it listen on top of that the last two games there's been a chance in both games for the team to come back down the field and beat the Bears. Now you're going to do it with Matty Ice. Let's not go back to seven, eight years ago. The Bears had them beat, and Matty Ice hits that bomb, and they end up winning that yeah. game. Yeah. Right? Like, dude. You, We're lovey. You don't want to sit there and leave them in the game with those, with those, with those skilled players um, and, and coming down to the two minutes. And, you're, and on top of that, and the crazy thing about this, too, like the last game, it was like, damn, if they score, if the Giants score, it's not enough time. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And that's that's not enough time with an offense you don't you can't even depend on. So you may not even be able to, to take it back the other way. Um, this is a you, this is against an offense that you know can score. Uh, man, it's it's a tall task. And listen, they're not even that good. Crazy thing, the Falcons aren't even that good. But offensively, man, I don't see the Bears being able to defeat the Falcons. And I I'll stand on it if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, and I would love for them to prove me wrong um, and to see that offense click. Man, looking at Mitch getting hurt. I listen. I hate to say it. I'm looking at maybe the the, the only way that they pull out this game is if Mitch Mitch come up with something with his shoulder and they have to throw Nick Foles in there. And Nick Foles just oh boy gets busy all on that booty and doing it for Carson Wentz and all the the mishaps of the no. the, the, the 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 Philadelphia Eagles who. Oh, that looks bad business out of Philadelphia right now, man. Go, Eagles, go. E-A-L-G-E-S. Never. Um, Go, Birds. Yeah, I I don't see it, Ryan. I I don't see it um, right now. uh, If you have to pick between who's going to win and who's going to lose, who would you take? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would pick Atlanta, but I'll give the Bears this. I – I don't know how you can trust Atlanta. Like, they find ways to lose games. They really do. And, I mean, they can be tough. Like, they, last year I think they started off, like, one and seven before they ripped off enough to keep Dan Quinn's job. Yeah. So they had all they those can, injuries on defense, too, last year. Right. And I, even the year before that, I mean, it's been a routine, it seems like. They always get injuries, which holds them back from going too far since that and, Super Bowl loss. And Big Beasley didn't pan out. Yeah, but they find ways to lose games, especially early on in seasons, it seems like. So I would not be surprised, you know, Atlanta maybe being a little bit too overconfident in what they can do. And if the Bears – like, I mean, it's going to take four quarters. You can't just come in there and just decide, oh, we'll play the first half and that'll be good enough. But if the Bears play four quarters, they could do it. But I'll go with Atlanta. Yeah, if if was a fifth. We be all tipsy, uh, yeah. Again, listen, prove me wrong. I'm listen. This is Missouri, man. Show me. All right. Hey, you can't uh, you can't deny though. At least to me, these bear storylines each week. Like it's not the sexy storylines. Not like ooh, the Bears with uh, Patrick Mahomes are looking to destroy the rest of the the competition in an alternate world. This is like. All right, Mitch. What are you gonna do? Like all the pressures on you, or like how is the team gonna bounce back after? giving up what should have been a touchdown to Detroit. Well, they can have a great first half, and then they have a crappy second half. They've been, like, up and down, hot and cold. Like, the storylines are pretty fresh for this Bears team, at least for now. It can definitely turn south if they stop winning. Real quick, shout-out to Darnell Mooney. I didn't know this uh, reading the article today in the Tribune. Uh, he, he thought that his family was going to be able to come see him in Atlanta since his hometown is two hours away. I didn't know he was from Gaston, Alabama. Uh, my family uh, had a farm on Mount Olive, Alabama, and after they sold the farm, they moved to Gaston. So Gaston is my Alabama hometown. So I, when I saw Gaston, I was like, oh, he's from Gaston? Uh, so shout out to uh, Darnell Mooney uh, for uh, being from Gaston, Alabama, where all great dicks has come from, and Washington's. <laughs> Darnell Davis. Darnell Mooney. Uh, probably, you know he might. Maybe he's a cousin. I know he got to be my cousin, uh, but yeah, shout out to Shorty. Shorty was out there looking, looking good. Uh, even though that when he tried to sit there, caught that pass and, and tried to bust a move on that, yeah, he was like pop, 
<laughs> yeah, I said, I was like, oh, that fumble, good thing you recovered. Could have yeah, ruined yeah, a kiddo. nice like, little he, day for you. These are pros out here, kiddo. So, you know, wrap that ball up and get out of bounds. But uh, definitely like seeing what that rookie can do. Definitely looks like they may have a um, pretty good rookie class again. Just talking about those three players that we mentioned last week and Cole Komet, uh, Jalen Johnson, and, and Darnell Mooney, uh, just to name a few. Hopefully some of the other guys pan out too. Uh, but if you can get three three guys and you didn't have a first-round pick, that's that's pretty good uh, for the Bears. Uh, so, again, just giving the, throwing out some bouquets or whatever, but the question is going to be how the Bears pass rush in that defensive backfield against those with that, that passing game with Atlanta. Um, we have not seen the 2018 Bears yet. Uh, this needs to be – Cal Fuller's having a pretty good year. This needs to be a Cal Fuller-Eddie-Jackson game. All right, like we need to see our top – our, our, our guys that are in the defensive backfield, the top top paid players in the defensive backfield, they need to make sure that their presence is felt in this upcoming game down at the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium. And if they don't stop the run, good luck. Awesome. Good luck trying stop, to win that game. Yeah, if they don't stop the run, it's a listen, it's a rap rap because if they, yeah, run, that means I was going to say rap. That rap. means the passing was in full effect. If they play action, Matt, that's about to say going. right. Yeah, come on, dog. Like it's. It's a wrap, wrap. Listen, it's going to be interesting to see either one of those DBs on uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Hopefully, Calvin Ridley will have a soft spot in his heart and our his heart for our team since we're still holding on to his brother. Here you go, Riley. I'm just Riley. I'm doing this for you. Uh, but yeah, so uh, definitely, like I say, I, I, I'm going to Atlanta. I know you said you're going to Atlanta. We both want the Bears to prove us wrong. I will eat my crow any day because if they do what they need to do against Atlanta and it doesn't look sloppy, then we can kind of see them turning the corner on this season and, and uh, thinking about that offense being a threat because that's another thing too. One thing that you've seen since the defense isn't as staunch as it was in 2018, you got to score more. Like you can't rest on your laurels when it comes to offense. You're going to have to average 20 something points a game to win in this NFL and they haven't been able to necessarily get there. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing progression when it comes to both sides of the ball moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They need it. All right. We'll come back, uh, go up for grabs, and get ourselves up out of here. That Davis show.